0: So we have a bunch of news to dump on you today, including uh, what is essentially AI creepy text theater, but we can't keep putting AI in the title and thumbnail. So let's start with the South Park lawsuit. In what appears to be further cost-cutting initiatives over at Warner Brothers Discovery, or whatever it's called these days, they have decided to sue Paramount Viacom, or whatever the hell it's called these days, over the company's $500 million contract, which grants it the streaming rights to South Park, one of the best, most successful, and longest-running animated television series of all time. And just for reference, when we mention HBO Max, we could also be talking about Warner Brothers or Warner Brothers Discovery. And when we mention Paramount, we could also be talking about Viacom, MTV, Paramount Plus, etc. It's all very confusing to keep clarifying. They are different legally, but in a broad descriptive sense same companies. Wait, does Viacom even like exist as like anything more than a brand anymore?
1: I don't think so. I think Paramount
0: I, kind of Yeah, ate I was it.
1: I was brushing up on like the re, the whole reorg that happened with that recently and I just left more confused than when I showed up.
0: It is confusing, but it is referenced <laughs> uh, throughout this because when the deal was made, it was yeah. still Viacom and the comp- the Warner Brothers was a different company too because it wasn't owned by Discovery and HBO Max uh, didn't exist yet. They were buying content for it. We love mergers and acquisitions, don't we, folks? It's all very fun for everyone that consumes the product, right, folks?
1: So why is Warner Brothers, or whatever you want to call them, suing South Park? So you see, back when companies were spending absolutely obscene amounts of money to compete with Netflix by launching their own dedicated streaming services, HBO Max desperately wanted something to draw in a certain demographic. They basically wanted to have their own Simpsons or Seinfeld, despite having their own incredibly impressive back catalog. Uh I'm sure if they dug around long enough, they would have found something. Uh,
0: They also uh, may have run into the same issues that uh, they seem to be currently running into, which is, oops, they've actually licensed any of their good content to other streaming services.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so uh, in order to make a big old splash with their big debut and bring in an amount of subscribers that would satiate their shareholders, Warner agreed to pay Viacom half a billion dollars for the streaming rights to the South Park back catalog for around five years, which is, an outrageous sum of money, but hey, it is an iconic show and they could use it to advertise a service to a demographic that maybe wasn't previously interested. Though it would seem as though the crossover of HBO fans and South Park fans would be uh, pretty close. Yeah. Already, considering the animated series has been on the air for over 20 years. I think the average South Park uh, lover is not a teenager. They are probably closer like to 30, 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: so people who are also, uh, grew up with yeah. HBO and they, all of the good content that they've been putting they out for 20 years. probably would
1: also enjoy shows like The Wire or The Sopranos or many of the
0: other great shows produced yeah. by Home Box Office Network. I And look, this is just a, another reason why all of this streaming war shit is confusing is... Did Friends premiere on HBO Max? Because that's a huge, you know, sitcom that would bring in a lot of people that maybe wouldn't have otherwise signed up for an HBO type thing. I don't know if it is or isn't, and if it still is or isn't. Seinfeld's on Netflix now, but uh, I don't know how long. I, I, I'm i a Seinfeld guy, I never watched Friends, never will. Yeah. Well, maybe just, you know, just once through to get the references. Nah,
1: all the most basic fucking people I've ever met
0: have been huge uh, Friends people, and I just, uh, nah. Not I mean, yeah, if they make it their entire personality, but you never watched Friends? No. Huh. I
1: mean, like, it was on. I've, it's been on when I've been in a room when a TV is on, but I've, I never, believe... I've never watched an entire
0: episode of Friends. I believe I was working at Applebee's when the series finale happened, and people uh-huh. were, like, there to watch it together. They wanted to see what happened to Ross and
1: Rachel and Rachel's hairstyle to Rachel. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, look, nothing against them. It's just, uh, it does not interest me bunch of fucking yuppie kids in the 90s living in a 10,000 square foot apartment in Manhattan whining about their problems
0: sorry not interested hey it's a tale as old as time it happens literally these days as well yeah, it's called content houses these days. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, back to the story we were talking about. A uh, problem was, and, and we reported on this at the time, The the streaming deal between the two companies it gave HBO Max an exclusivity window for three new seasons of South Park along with those previous 23 seasons. Viacom would go on to announce a $900 million deal with South Park Studios for new content as well as made-for-TV movies, which were essentially just longer episodes of the show.
1: And at the time, I remember being very confused by, all these different deals happening around South Park and being like, huh, well, I guess they figured out, I guess they worked out all the details behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, otherwise, otherwise... (laughs) All I can think was that the people who made out the best in this scenario were the people who deserve to make out the best, which are the creators of South Park. Yeah. Yeah. So if they pulled some shit, they were just like, yeah, I don't know, we just got all this money, it was awesome, and uh, well, I don't know what happens to the episodes,
1: we just make them. It would be funny if they made those two deals completely independently (laughs) and both companies found
0: out about the other in variety. Yeah, but look, they still gave HBO Max the episodes as listed under the contract, but the seasons that followed the HBO Max deal had noticeably fewer episodes in what uh, WB claims was a sneaky way to fulfill their part of the deal while providing as little as possible. They'll contractually correct, I guess. If the yeah. contract just indicated if, seasons. If you, yeah. <laughs> you didn't say how many episodes each season had to be. Yeah. they In the article, it's like they were under the impression that it would be 10 episodes. But, like, it, unless it was clearly defined in the contract, uh, I don't
1: know. This but, is the difference between me and uh, Warner executives is that when I pay $200 billion for something. Uh, yeah. I want the details. I, yeah. I make sure that uh, these things are clarified in in the writing
0: yeah so it, it appears as though they agreed to seasons and not a set amount of episodes and well that's the fault of whoever let that through the contract uh paramount would go on to announce that south park would return to its home now being paramount plus in the future which i, I believe is 2025 but that's like anti-marketing for hbo max or like just hang on we're gonna get all this shit back don't worry So WB is trying to retroactively fix that little glitch with with this lawsuit and are claiming that Viacom was being sneaky about the wording in the contract and intentionally misled WB. Now this also comes at an opportune time because WB is riddled with debt from a decade of overspending and has been cutting everything from employees to beloved in-house series in order to try and save itself. So with more on the lawsuit itself, here is Variety.
1: The suit, filed Friday in New York State Supreme Court, asserts that Paramount breached the contract by steering South Park specials and other content to its own Paramount Plus platform. The suit alleges that Paramount blatantly intended to prop up Paramount Plus at the expense of Warner slash HBO, and that Paramount engaged in multiple and flagrant, duplicitous contortions of fact and breaches of contract. Warner HBO brings this lawsuit to vindicate its rights and recover the hundreds of millions of dollars in damages incurred as a result of defendant's misconduct, the suit alleges. The lawsuit alleges that when HBO Max bid on the South Park streaming rights, it did so with the assurance that there would be three new seasons of ten episodes each, the suit alleges, however, that only two episodes were delivered for the first of those seasons, <laughs> oh. and, and only six for the second. Oh, jeez. HBO Max understands that the third season will also consist of six episodes, for a total of 14 across the three seasons. <laughs> they got swindled in broad daylight. Uh, I love this. This is like yet another example of um, people, uh, you know... It, people getting great things happening to them because warner's lawyers suck at being lawyers which is uh how i managed to uh, score the best most undeserved raise of my life just by (laughs) just by stalling them yeah uh, in the final years of machinima Mm -hmm. just by constantly redlining their contracts and sending them back until they finally gave up and just gave me everything i wanted and then later when they fired us and said well we can't offboard you for like we're, do, we do you guys can stay as long as you want. No, we'll they, keep paying you. They but, uh... Uh, they
0: gave us 3 months and then forgot that they fired us. So they had to keep <laughs> us on for 3 more months because they had sold uh yeah. like brand the Worked out great for us. Yeah, and we, and, now, and now it's working out great I for I feel like the younger <laughs> Trey and Matt, <laughs> we swindled them good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, the article continues. HBO Max argues that the deal required diverting content that should have fallen under its 2019 contract to Paramount Plus instead. The suit alleges that Paramount engaged in verbal trickery <laughs> and grammatical sleight of hand, characterizing the new content as movies, films, or events, but not episodes to avoid its obligations under the 2019 agreement. In response, Paramount denied the allegations. The company also accused Warner Brothers Discovery of failing to pay the license fees that it owes under the agreement. We believe these claims are without merit and look forward to demonstrating so through the legal process, a Paramount global spokesperson said. We also note that Paramount continues to adhere to the party's contract by delivering new South Park episodes to HBO Max despite the fact that Warner Bros. Discovery has failed and refused to pay license fees that it owes to Paramount for episodes that have already been delivered and which HBO Max continues
0: to stream. Damn, and there's it's a new season. I didn't even know there was a new season because it feels like... I go on HBO Max, admittedly, quite a bit.
1: It's a good platform. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: and I you would think that it would be serving me more South Park because I watch it.
1: This Uh, is the problem with all these fucking platforms is they all have too much shit, and uh, despite, you know, you'd think algorithms at this point would be pretty good. At least these types Uh, of algorithms, yeah. Yeah, like they, they all do a terrible job of actually recommending things that I not only would be interested in, but have clearly demonstrated already that I am interested I've in. I've
0: watched a lot of South Park on there. Yeah. Or maybe it was Hulu. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, the, the new episodes are pretty funny. They make fun of uh, Harry and Meghan. It's quite good. Um, but, uh, yeah, one thing is for sure, the streaming landscape is an unmitigated nightmare where it's sometimes impossible to locate whichever show you want to watch, and that show could get canceled or moved to a different service at any time. Uh, and, and by the way, like... A lot of the reliance on finding out where stuff is is just, like, blogs. Uh,
1: Generally, like, actually, one of the few things that Google.com is still really good for is when you just type in a show name and streaming, it's usually up in that box, uh, and it's usually up-to-date, pretty uh, accurate. Uh, I use an app called Just Watch that is, I'd say, accurate about within the 95 percentile. There's still
0: some, like, weird flukes that happen on it, but it's most of the time very useful. Not to... pump this company up, but uh, Roku is fantastic at this. You just ask it what you want to watch, and it shows you exactly where you can see it. Oh. I mean, I, I think that Google... Uh, but the- like Roku, you just press the button and it immediately opens the app, so it's much easier yeah. than, like, searching. And anyways, okay. yeah, well, uh, <laughs> all of these companies overspent billions of dollars attempting to get their piece of the streaming pie, and in doing so, made the entire content landscape worse for everyone involved, uh, especially the viewers. Uh, but let's pivot over to another form of entertainment, one that somehow still appears to be a dominant force, though we've been questioning the legitimacy of that for quite some time as well. We're talking about esports. <laughs> Does anyone still care about esports? I I, I don't know. I-, I would assume that maybe there's still an audience for it. Um, there are like skins available in Modern Warfare
1: 2, uh, Warzone 2 for every single team on the Call of Duty uh, League. Well, which one did you get? Uh, none of them, because I would have gotten the L.A. one, but their uniform and
0: everything, it sucks. Mm. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. I'm uh, well, not going to rep some other city. <laughs> apparently, and uh, people are still watching it, and so much so that, that esports, they're coming to the Olympics, which <laughs> will, res- <laughs> which will, of course, result in an endless supply of commentary from sports purists for the foreseeable future. It's going to be... They've just given so much content Uh, to uh, ESPN and uh, Colin Cowherd, uh, who isn't at ESPN, but uh, he's going to love this. (laughs) These booger eaters are at it again. But uh, let's take a look at what esports in the Olympics actually will look like. Surely we're going to see some big names in there, some heavy hitters like Call of Duty, League of Legends and so on, right? That's what that's what everyone is assuming. Also,
1: like surely the best, of the best athletes uh, are going to uh, go completely unpaid to take months out of their careers to go play in uh, a competition where the best possible outcome is they get a medal. That's gold but it's not even all gold it's just gold plated
0: yeah well they get to go to the the sex city within the olympic village that's That's the big and for some of these gamers that's the first sexual experience they're gonna have (laughs) yeah i'm gonna use all these condoms they're just (laughs) a wheelbarrow (laughs) Uh, anyways uh yeah you'd assume big name games right well here's vice on wednesday the international olympics committee announced
1: that the olympics will be holding an official esports series this year Qualifiers have already begun and will culminate in live, in-person finals at the first-ever Olympic Esports Week, held in Singapore in late June. Uh, they list off some actually recognizable titles to start. Uh, there are some reasonable choices. Chess, hosted by Chess.com, for example. I that's mean, not esports. Technically,
0: it is because it's uh, you know they're doing Digital it with a computer. Digital che- That's so silly. They chilly. should do battle chess, or, or just real chess, like a chessboard. You can fit that. Like
1: it's not. No problem. It's not cumbersome.
0: No, it, uh, chess.com, virtual chess, makes sense. It's an eSport technically, so there you go. Interesting. Uh, then there's uh,
1: racing title, Gran Turismo. Well, a bit of a surprising choice. It is at the very least, a recognizable brand to many people. And Just <laughs> Dance, which only feels reasonable on account of its popularity, despite the fact that it seems like a bad sport to watch. And I agree with them. Uh, although, out of all of these, the most entertaining, I would think. Uh, the only game I want to watch on the Olympics is a game called Dookie Dash.
0: <laughs> Apparently, we nailed it with our uh, description <laughs> of the game. It is just a running game where you're a turd going down a porcelain pipeline. Anyway, yeah. yeah.
1: All these all these athletes should be required to play Dookie Dash <laughs> on their laptops. NFTs uh, have
0: made it. They've made it to the Olympics.
1: The other games chosen for the Olympic esports week will only be familiar to obscure mobile game enthusiasts and those who follow the international federations governing their favorite sports very closely. Virtual versions, fuck off, virtual <laughs> versions of archery, baseball, cycling, sailing, taekwondo, and tennis round out the series, which each with each game being a more confusing choice than the last. What, I didn't know there
0: was games for any of those except, except baseball. Well, back in my day, they used to make one game that had all of those mini-games in it. Yeah. Yeah, a culmination of everything. In uh... fact, the Olympics has their own video game. They should just make it so that the eSports players have to learn and be the best at that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. Anyways, the reporting continues. Archery is represented by Tic Tac Bow. What? The game does what it says on the tin, combining archery with classic children's game Tic Tac Toe, and was released in late February of this year to, so far, only 150 downloads. Oh my god. Then there's Virtual Taekwondo, a flagship game for the Axis, the motion tracking based console which the company successfully kickstarted in 2018. There's a console called the Axis? (laughs) The game uses motion tracking technology to translate real world body movements into the game, allowing for no-contact virtual sparring. Fuck off. Representing baseball is, oh, you would think MLB yeah, the, the, show, the show, right? the show, baby, yeah. Come on, Sony Studios San Diego finally getting some uh, skin yeah. game, the Olympics, let's go, baby. Representing baseball is WBSCE Baseball Power Pros, which is available on the PS5 and Nintendo Switch for a strangely low 99 cents.
1: Does this game have uh, those characters from my favorite baseball game, like uh, Todd Gonzalez, and like...
0: Uh, <laughs> like well, basically, we got to come up with some American-sounding names. Yeah,
1: it was like a bunch of Japanese devs, like they're like, oh wait, we forgot to, forgot to name our athletes, like, just open up... It's like what an AI would have come yeah. up with. Just open up a fucking phone book uh stolen from like lax and just like uh, but, but we right. can't use actual names yeah so just shoot. mix
0: up some of the letters <laughs> uh, but also zwift and virtual regatta virtual versions of cycling and sailing respectively are relatively popular translations of their respective sports the same cannot be said for tennis clash a mobile game produced by wildlife studios a massive mobile developer which has a reputation for intense pay-to-win microtransactions Product reviews across various app stores cite sudden, unpredictable changes in game balance from update to update, which can be alleviated by simply spending more money on the game. This is fucking bullshit. They this should... is the first time Swipe Swipe can be used at the Olympics.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the athletes are taking out their credit cards.
0: <laughs> their parents' credit cards. I mean, if they're...
1: look, this sucks. They should have uh, Magic the Gathering uh, in the Olympics.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, Uh, get wild with it, but the thing is, is this seems like it's being set up to fail. Yeah. Like a producer's... Well, we tried it and it sucked ass. I don't know if you saw that, but that was terrible. The thing is, just like with everything that's doomed to fail, this will actually be hugely successful because yeah. of how bad it we is. We tried it. Um, we actually, we the
1: FCC fined us a billion dollars because all of a sudden on screen it was this ad saying try not to come with like some fucking anime big titty person on it. And yeah. obviously we can't broadcast that in the U.S. We, we're out of business. The Olympics is out of business. <laughs> this is of, finally the thing that sinks the Olympics. There's a hentai try not to come ad that uh, was splashed across all of America's screens.
0: Yeah. um, yeah, Great job, gamers. Look, a view is a view, ironic or not. So the Olympics is really banking on this, okay? (laughs) My husband is dead? What? (laughs) Sign up now. (laughs) Can you get an exclusive sword? Uh,
1: They add that, quote, the Olympics choosing to competitively legitimize a notorious pay-to-win sports game, especially in the company of enthusiast products like Zwift, virtual regatta, and virtual taekwondo. Feels like an extremely odd decision. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So yeah, perfect announcement. A real 10 out of 10 uh, for the Olympics Association, which, which constantly surprises us with how, how well they're running things <laughs> all the time. Always making the best decisions.
0: Yes, there's never been any drama or weird shit going on with the Olympics ever. In fact, we don't have entire uh, yeah. video content and playlists related to it.
1: Yeah, clearly this uh, the Olympics is not some weird relic of early 20th century optimism uh, that's actually disguising a uh, just enormous grift for, uh, you know, just the biggest grift on Earth. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I'm probably bigger than the World Cup. They should
0: make all of these people play in polluted waters to really solidify the Olympic experience. They should
1: make them all play on like a fucking uh, Galaxy 4.
0: No, they all have to... Yeah, yes, oh, that... I a cracked screen. That, but also they have to play on the highest level of those free diving platforms. Uh, so they have vertigo the entire <laughs> time.
1: Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, but speaking of other large brands that are finally facing reality after years of inflated success, woo. say it ain't so. Funko is in bad enough shape that it's apparently throwing away $30 million worth of pop figurines and other items because they simply will not sell. Who could have seen the Funko Bubble bursting? I thought that line would continue to go up forever. These Funko Pops will be around forever. Well, yeah. technically true. You're telling me there's a <laughs> finite amount of people in this world that want to line their shelves with, like, the same doll over and over again, but slightly different? You don't understand. Uh, I don't That's know. my
0: kid's college fund. Man.
1: That so, right there? They're going to Vassar, baby. And didn't they buy, like, Mondo or something? Like, they've been, like, they've been
0: diversifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait. Alamo's still not tied in with Mondo, are they? I don't know.
1: Anyway, we really thought that Funko Pops were, were going to stand the test of time. Yeah. these are that's, Those are your nest eggs right there. Uh, yeah, they, they, would, they were only going to continue increasing in value, just like the Beanie Babies of yore, Yeah, which,
0: which, are... which put all of us through college. <laughs> yeah, Warner Bros, <Brothers>, uh, <laughs> when they let us go, they gave us a whole truckload of Beanie Babies, wow. and they said, here you go, good luck. And look all... what we did, we built this channel with it.
1: That's right. Well, here's Kotaku with more on how Funko Pops are going to fill our landfills with more
0: worthless garbage. The company that makes Funko Pop collectibles, you got to say Funko Pop Pop. <laughs> the company that makes Funko Pop collectibles is in so much trouble, it's preparing to throw hundreds of thousands of its pop culture-inspired figurines into the garbage. Funko revealed the plans in a recent earnings call, filled with so much bad news that its stock price fell off a cliff the next day. Quote, inventory at year end totaled $246.4 million, an increase of 48% compared to a year ago, the company wrote in a press release on Wednesday. This includes inventory that the company intends to eliminate in the first half of 2023 to reduce fulfillment costs by managing inventory levels to align with the operating capacity of our distribution center. This is expected to result in a write down in the first half of 2023 of approximately $30 to $36 million. During a call with investors, CEO Brian Mariotti said a new distribution center in Arizona was so full that the company has been bleeding cash renting shipping containers to hold all of the excess inventory. The company indicating a write down basically means that these these are all going in the trash. And Lord knows their corpses will haunt the earth for decades to come because they're made out of plastic and they will most likely outlive humanity itself. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Yeah. But in like two or three generations, someone can, like, this will become legendary. Like, did don't you, make a documentary did you know it? that out in the Arizona desert, there's an entire landfill filled with Funko Pops? All right, we dug them up. Now
0: what do we do with them? I don't know. This was up. all for the content.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every generation's got their landfill.
0: Yeah. But, uh, E.T. Video game, Beanie Babies, Funko Pops. Yeah. There you go. Al Capone's vault. Yeah. Geraldo's going to be the one there uh. <laughs> dumping all of the Funko Pops.
1: But uh, Funko Pops aren't the only pop culture item filling up our landfills. Uh, Much like the ET games of yesteryear, more companies are just throwing away their collectible garbage (laughs) instead of trying to sell it at steeper and steeper discounts. Um, Take Magic the Gathering, for example. A recent Reddit post seems to indicate that while at their local landfill, one user found boxes upon boxes upon boxes of leftover Magic the Gathering stock reported to have been worth, at least at one point, around $100,000 or more. Once again, here's Kotaku. Over the weekend, Reddit user Latino posted some pics on the internet of something neat they saw while at the dump. They'd spotted a bunch of boxes, all in pristine condition, that were full of Magic the Gathering cards. Someone threw away six pallets (laughs) of Magic the Gathering cards at my local city (laughs) landfill, they wrote. The post caused chaos within the MTG community, resulting in speculators begging the OP to go back to the landfill and grab whatever they could, or at the very least provide GPS coordinates to the location so others could attempt to salvage the product. But by the time the poster returned to where the magic
0: happened, it was too late. Some hater ruined them all. Yeah, some hater. That hater being Mother Nature and anyone else using the landfill as intended. Oh. Yeah. The article continues, Having received 24 hours worth of frantic messages from Magic collectors and fans, they drove back out to the landfill a day later, only to find that the boxes had been completely destroyed. The cards are all under layers of trash. Each day, two to four layers are being added, they said earlier today. Don't try to come and look for some. They are all damaged. Latino expresses a little bit of remorse that they didn't know how much the cards were worth when they posted the pics, and will keep the few they did manage to salvage, to remind myself of a woulda, coulda, shoulda moment of my life. I'm not going to kill myself over this post or these cards. I'm going back to work like everyone else.
1: This has got to be interesting news for the MTG finance community. Which, yeah.
0: Uh, technically, it, it, it technically boosts the value of whatever their cards... Well,
1: yeah, so the short-term way of looking at it is that, uh, yeah, the inventory has been reduced, so therefore, the value of the card should go up. But the uh, more big-picture thing is... Um, these are actually worthless? Yeah, it sounds like inventory is so saturated that magic uh, Wizards of the Coast is trying to artificially
0: create scarcity where there wasn't. Or some company is just... the. I can't imagine, though it's possible, I can't imagine someone mistakenly throwing away pallets of this product. No, that was done to, like, declare a loss. That and was... hoping that probably no one would see it. Yeah. Um. So, unfortunately for them, this person showed up at the right time. But yeah, that's how dumps work. You throw things down, and a big tractor comes by and mows it over and puts more stuff on top. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess he could have sold all the boxes for a lump sum to someone. But the image of people dumping a bunch of Magic the Gathering cards into a landfill because they are worthless wastes of space, it's very funny. And it's even funnier that people lost their goddamn minds about it. And I, a professed Magic the Gathering fan, though I only play Marvel Snap these days, so fair weather at best over here.
1: Yeah, I'm hooked on that snap.
0: It is pretty damn good. Uh, At least the cards will have a better chance at uh, decomposing than the Funko Pops, because really, it is the Earth that's the biggest loser in all of this. But at least the Magic cards, for the most part, are paper.
1: Yeah. And it's like, oh, this seems like crazy news. It's only crazy news because these are, like, known brands that are popular. Like, dumps are being filled with unused inventory all the fucking time. sometimes literally just destroying perfectly good food because we yeah. made too much food we had such a good season oops that now the prices are going to go down so just get rid of like enough food to feed like a small african country yeah uh, to and, you know keep our
0: sales up and also just a an egregious amount of plastic one of my like big like new year's goals this year was to like Really have a go at reducing all of my plastic consumption. I've been doing really good. It's pretty difficult. Though. Yeah It's well, there's products out there. there now there's that are, definitely you can definitely reduce it but like eliminating plastic from yeah. your life
1: is Virtually impossible,
0: but it doesn't hurt to try Okay, it doesn't hurt to try just like veganism You can have you can be a little bit vegan and then eat some meat if you want But you're trying and therefore technically reducing the consumption overall. Yeah, tell
1: that to all those dead animals you ate
0: <laughs> I will
1: Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't convenient enough for you on that day to order tofu instead of me.
0: I have in particular been avoiding pork as best as possible.
1: (sighs) I love it so much, though. Anyway, now it's time to dive back into AI and the wonderful future ahead of us, because this week, two articles popped up where people tried and ultimately failed to use AI to make online dating way easier. What could go wrong? (laughs) We would imagine it's pretty tough to come up with a conversation and another conversation, conversation after conversation after conversation with a potential suitor online. Uh, uh, Help me, universe. (laughs) So automating that process would seem tantalizing. However, the results have once again proven that not only does AI suck at acting like a human, it can also get pretty weird with it too, which obviously has the exact opposite effects in the dating scene. That's pretty much rule number one. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. (laughs) Uh, in one report, a friend handed over her Tinder and Bumble profiles to a journalist who went ahead and deployed ChatGPT in order to secure some dates. And not to bash our own gender too much here, but we'd have to assume that in this scenario, guys on these apps probably don't really give a shit about the conversation. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, they, they're, they're trying to close on that date.
0: Yeah. Either way, ChatGPT ends up sounding like a complete dork regardless. Here's Slate. Here are some examples of AI-generated openers I considered. If you were a vegetable, you'd be a cute cumber. Shut up! (laughs) I've been reading a book on anti-gravity lately. It's impossible to put down. Boo! And also, weirdly, uh, which national park shall we go to on Monday?
1: What? That's...
0: that's... But the article picks up a few paragraphs later with further details adding, My first step was to use AI to write my friend Sam a bio. I've changed her name. I assumed that ChatGPT was the best tool for this, but my first attempts were not encouraging. I am looking for a serious relationship with a good guy who is ready to commit, it wrote. <laughs> uh, it also suggested mentioning that she is a graphic designer who volunteers at a local animal shelter. Neither is true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, people, like humans lie on, on those things. I so. mean, yeah, if I was looking,
1: uh, if I was scrolling Tinder, uh, a woman working at an animal shelter would be, that. It,
0: that would attract my attention. I do love I it. wanna see those dogs. We've talked about it before, but I believe that if you went to like Mid Journey or something, they were like, Come up come up with a vague photo of a man for a Twitter profile. <laughs> All of them would be holding fish with just mangled hands yeah. with ten fingers. Just uh, yeah yeah uh but uh in order to make the ai work the way that they wanted it to she enlisted the help of someone uh within the the ai space and they quote summarized sam's bio and urged ChatGPT to pretend to be a dating coach oh uh, this produced are you ready to meet the complete package oh good <laughs> so this uh. honestly
1: sounds like ChatGPT based all of its communication skills on like BuzzFeed articles written by millennials. Yeah, but let's continue with the article. I next gave ChatGPT hundreds of words about Sam, her previous dating profiles, notes from an interview with her, and a poetic text she'd sent me about what she wanted from a partner. I also explicitly asked for more creativity and chaos. This helped some, but it was only when I pushed the tool to rewrite her bio in the style of specific famous writers that I started to get somewhere. Some have implied that the all-powerful ChatGPT can write in the style of any well-known writer. This was not my experience. (laughs) When prompted, write a bio of a woman searching for a date in the style of Nora Ephron... Greetings, fellow seekers of love and laughter. I am Nora (laughs) Ephron, and I have the great pleasure of introducing you to a woman who embodies the perfect combination of beauty, wit, and intelligence. Wow. Eventually, I asked ChatGPT which writer's styles it could replicate. Drawing from that list, I asked for a bio of a woman searching for a date in the style of Hunter S. Thompson. And it gave me... Greetings from the vortex of unpredictability, my fellow rebels. I'm a woman on a journey in search of a man who embodies the ideal mix of everything I yearn for. That's not even... That's not Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah.
0: Didn't even mention uh, drugs once. (laughs) Well, that's implied with the statement. The author then decided to use a mix of AI and their own writing. And I'm going to stop here because that voids the actual experiment. It's just pointless after that. You're guiding it. And you're helping by adding in your own stuff. So that's not the AI writing. Yeah, that's
1: not what we're here for.
0: But the the rest of that Slate article, it is somewhat interesting, but it it was all done with human assistance after that point and just by constantly refining the prompts and then adding their actual own writing. Over at Insider, another author tried a similar experiment, which apparently resulted in an actual dating coach saying that the messages gave off a, quote, creepy vibe. Uh, (laughs) And again, this is a woman using AI as a woman on the the chat app, so. Here's some examples of what doesn't feel so nice to be called creepy, does it, ladies? <laughs> uh, here's some examples of what the chatbot came up with in their reporting, with answers like, "Hey there finance person!" <laughs> its responses succeeded only in getting me ghosted by my matches. But because I am fiercely persistent, I tried again. This time, I asked ChatGPT to write responses to some of my Tinder matches. But instead of simply terrorizing unsuspecting strangers with bizarre messages, I had a dating expert review the bot's answers. Unsurprisingly, using ChatGPT was sabotaging my chances of finding a partner. Its responses were too long, used too many emojis, and in some cases were too creepy to lure in potential love interests, according to Cher Gottman, dating coach and founder of NYC Wingwoman. And again, completely separate uh, authors and and, uh, publications, but the AI still comes off as a, like, weird millennial writing uh, BuzzFeed quotes. Yeah. Like, it's only learning from a very specific type of writing. Yeah. The
1: the ChatGPT has never been exposed to real life. That's important.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's it's the thing is, like... It's been
1: exposed to online. And you see this with actual human beings
0: who spend too much time online. They're not mentally healthy. And a lot of it... A lot of interactions online, specifically ones that aren't personal interactions, are entirely written in irony. Yeah. Like all of the jokes that could be made to, point, to be serious are in some cases used as irony in actual human interaction. Yeah. So. so the article continues,
1: starting off with an easy one, I asked ChatGPT to write a response to someone whose bio said they liked cats. Can't be that hard, right? After the program's initial response, which felt too uncomfortable to send to anyone, I had to ask it to try again, specifying that it should sound more human. Even with those iterations, its response was still cringeworthy. Hey there! I couldn't help but notice we both have a love for cats in our bios. I've got a few fur babies of my own, (laughs) and they bring so much joy to my life. Have you always been a cat person, or is it a recent development? I'd love to chat more about our feline friends.
0: Not, Ugh. not Ugh. terrible, but very dorky. Yeah, it's just
1: like, it's cringe. I mean, if she's really, really, really into cats, maybe, yeah. but like.
0: Might as well have just mentioned doggos or any yeah, other. Yeah, hey, of... I,
1: I noticed you got a heckin' woofer there. <laughs> so. You win the internet today, gentle sirs. I regret that I have uh, but one Reddit gold to give. We did a thing,
0: joined <laughs> the apps. Uh, and I can't even with this stuff. Swipe. Well, that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she powered on, and in response to a message that she received that said, "You're beautiful," the AI responded with, "Well, aren't you just the charmer?" Wink emoji. I have to say, you're not too hard on the eyes yourself. Want to teach me more about what makes you beautiful inside and out? Oh God! Like yeah. it was—it was—it uh, was pretty mid up till that last point, but that
1: was—that's
0: some serial killer wording yeah. there. It Does inside come inside and out a little strong. Uh, either way, it is now safe to assume that AI is still no replacement for actual human input. And also, AI is not gonna be procreating anytime soon. So, you know, that's good. I will say, as bad as these are, it's
1: probably still like about the median level of like uh, Tinder messages for humans. Like these these are bad, but also I think what most humans are sending
0: is pretty bad too. It's been obviously years, but we we had a whole show based on the awkward and uh, very unfortunately aggressive uh, yeah. kind of dialogue and it's, it's that people. Mostly have. men, but not all men. But that's I, <laughs> sometimes the, it's women. It would be interesting to see how many police reports would be filed if an AI took over a man's Tinder account.
1: Well, I, I hope someone in the journalism field is brave that enough yeah. to do it.
0: So far, uh, no one brave enough to do yeah, it. So Come on. Be a man. Uh, but before we go, we had uh, one quick update on our first story from this week. That would be Dilbert creator Scott Adams ruining what's left of his career by getting real racist with the results of a uh, already skewed Rasmussen poll about whether or not people thought it was, quote, okay to be white. Uh, just go watch our other video if you need the entire backstory. But And it's long and there's a lot that goes into the phrase itself, but as an update, turns out of the 1,000 or so people polled, only around 130 of the respondents to the poll were black. And based on the percentages of those 130, only about 34 answered that they either disagree or strongly disagree with the phrase, a phrase that already has uh, deeply racist and trolling roots anyway. So Scott Adams pissed away the rest of his career because 34 people might not like him with no other information based on where they heard the term before, if the term had been shouted at them, or any other kind of way. Even without
1: this information, it was still, like, less than 50% (laughs) said that uh, it's okay to be white. They disagree with that phrase. And it's like, less than 50% and so you're declaring all black people a hate group
0: based off a poll that uh, I, Just uh, bravo! Well, well done,
1: sir. Wait, like,
0: and again, he's not—he <laughs> didn't piss his career away. He immediately used this yeah, as a launching he, he's point grifting for off yeah, as a subscription service. So yeah. Dilbert by the barrelful over at Scott Adams. Whatever, he'll be fine. Yeah, with his uh, morning coffee show or and his real, calendar, money. real coffee live and his calendar money. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe not anymore. We'll have to send the, the calendars directly.
1: I I hope he gets like Ben Garrison and just starts making cartoons for his own enjoyment that get pro- pro- progressively crazier. The thing is, it's, it's like... weird that we have like this ultra conservative, like putting brain man who is a newspaper cartoonist, but he doesn't make political cartoons. He makes like office humor. He could have. Come Dilbert, on, man.
0: He Dilbert was so just bleh that he could have gotten an AI to write the strips.
1: I he's already yeah. got
0: a, an infinite supply of frames that are already like. We should ask Chat GPT to. Um, well, now the answers would be skewed because of the racism. Right. Yeah. But uh, just give me some. Give me write some Dilbert comic strips for me. Does his tie curl up when he gets a boner, or is that just something what? that? What I don't know. Is the tie just always curled up? I don't know. Anyways, we'll find out that and more on uh, the next episode, which is going to be weekly weird news, and I'm sure there's plenty of weird news out there, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime. Don't forget to leave a like. If you're not subscribed to the channel, please subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment. Say hello to each other. And uh, in the meantime, check out our other videos from this week. We got the whole story about Dilbert and a bunch of other stuff in there. And then we have Tech News Day, where Elon Musk wants to throw his hat in the ring in the old AI chatbot. And, and this time it's not woke. Oh, Also, uh, the, the videos will be up in a second. Uh, update. Uh, he did not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, It was just a
1: complete waste of time. Yeah, the real. Tesla investors and, and, the, and their stock price is a reflection of that.
0: Yeah. And uh, just a bunch of... Uh, There was apparently a disclaimer that ran before it that was basically summed up, okay, don't believe everything this guy says. Um, So there you go. Now the videos are up there. We'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News. Have a good night. Bye. Aloha.